Welcome back to the Working Tools podcast, where today we're continuing with our discussion on observing the craft by worshipful brother Andrew Hammer. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Thank you for joining us again in the with the Working Tools podcast, where I'm joined by three quarters of our hosts today. I have very worshipful brother David Colbeth from King Solomon Mine, King Solomon's Mine, King Solomon Lodge, <laughs> <laughs> number sixty. <laughs> uh, worshipful brother Stephen Chung from Prince Charles Lodge, number one five three, and I am ever is I'm worshipful brother Jared Dunham from Meticton Lodge, number one four seven, and today we're continuing our discussion of chapter three of Observing the Craft by Andrew Hammer, Dealing with Distractions. And I think last week we ended off with talking about the, we wanted to talk about the universality of Freemasonry and whether the, you know, whether that is actually uh, continued in the concordant and the independent bodies. Well, he makes a point of it directly. What we talked about in the last show, Steve, got a point that was that the affinity lodges may not be considered universal. And which is, yeah, I mean, there's a thread in there, but certainly he points out directly that the Knights Templar is not universal, right? Right. Because? Because uh, you've got a... You need uh, to be a Trinitarian. A a Christian, I believe. That's that's the Scottish Rite in England. So there's another element. The Trinitarian one is the Scottish Rite in England, right? Because, but not in the U.S. Well. But but yeah, in in the Templar, you have to be you have to declare a, a faith in Christianity, right? Which then excludes which, directly excludes the idea of universality, right? So they can't be Masonic. So how did that? How I was going to ask before how how did when do you think all this? Why and when do you think it all changed? You, you were saying earlier in the other show, Jared, that it's because people wanted more, but. Freemasonry was just kind of being born still. I mean, I guess it was a couple hundred years old, but but was wasn't there us damn Americans that wanted to <laughs> wanted something more? And so you know, they they elevated Pike and said and all these other guys and said, Hey, make us, you know, help us find more. I mean, why why do you think all this well, okay, so first of all, you have to I know Pike didn't create the Scottish right from start. Sure, sure. But yeah, well, I mean, there's always, it's basic human nature to want to be better than, to have something more than someone else has. Right. So I think, you know, and I mean, the we know that, you know, the, you know, then I think that's part of it. That's part of what it is, is that, you know, you get to your third degree, you get, you know, you sit in the master's chair and then people kind of want to do more. Um, and then you get and, and and a lot of the and a lot of the old degrees and the rituals that are no longer done were, as I said in the last episode, they were degree factories. You know, they were, you know, give me money, I'll make you, you know, whatever right. level. And you then, want. of course, as they had, you know, 13, 16, 18, yeah. 32 degrees. Well, now, you know, you once you join masonry, you think you got to get to that to 32nd degree level to be, you know, to to complete your journey and go all the way. 
Right. Right. And I think that is just like you said, Jared, it's a human nature to want to excel and be, you know, I mean, especially when you're joining Freemason, you want to be a better man. You want to be the best you can be. Right. So um, why wouldn't you want to excel to the top of the organization you just joined? Um, And so, uh, but in doing so, um, you know, all these, all these, uh, that, completely validates his, his claim that they, they're a distraction from because mm-hmm. if you join, you think about it, if you joined Freemasonry and you didn't know about any of the other concordant bodies or other degrees past the third degree, you would focus on yourself and the lessons taught there in the organization you joined. Right. right? You, you wouldn't yep. be striving or looking for more because it, it wouldn't be dangled as a carrot in front of you. Nope. And they were all developed pre-bubble in the 50s, although there was a little bit of a bubble in the in the 20s and 30s. When right. there was one in the early 19th century, there was a huge explosion of fraternal organization, like Freemasonry right. and other fraternal organizations. And so do you think it was out of some, that what they felt like was some necessity to have, I think Steve mentioned on the previous show that you'd, you'd take forever to get through the chairs. And so they created other organizations to allow them to have hierarchy and to have organization and they could mm. go through another set of chairs and they could be in charge of another organ because they could never, maybe could never achieve that in the blue lodge because there were so many members. Well, yeah, but most of these, most, at least most of the concordant bodies require you to go through the chairs and be, well, they used to, didn't they? Mm-mm. What are you saying? Well, they required you to be a past master before you joined. No. Uh, master, not, M- master Mason. I don't yeah. think you have to be a past no, master to join. I know, but like the, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I think they're just people wanting to be better than. I think you're in there. He talks about, and supposedly the Royal Arch degree is supposed to be the, a past master's degree. Yeah. I don't think you have to be a past master. Yeah. I don't think you have to I think it. you used to, I actually, Maybe. I, I'm trying to remember from my readings, but I think when it first started, you did hmm. like it was a, but then that's why they had to create the symbolic past master degree. <laughs> Because they wanted as, to let non-past masters in. As if by magic. As if by magic, all of a sudden, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's kind of like you had to be a 30-second before you could be in the shrine, right? Oh, yeah. the only time he started on the shrine. <laughs> so it, you know. it's interesting he quotes that a past grand master of the Knights Templar when he's talking about how the Blue Lodge should only be the way, right? Yeah. I wonder how past <laughs> this grand commander was before it he says said it that. was like 18 here on a second because doesn't he I have to find it does it. an 18 1890 article but was he already out as he had been past grand commander for a while and then realized oh all that we did was kind of superfluous and we should have not been excluding others from our faith from from our universality of faith so i'm just curious was that it was probably my guess is it wasn't during his term as grand commander and it probably wasn't immediately after. But I'm wondering, curious, was he, you know, grand commander in 1800, or I'm sorry, it wouldn't have been 90 years later, but you know, 1880 or something. And then a, a few years later, he kind of came to that re- re- revelation. I'm no, let me go to the library and I'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be curious to know how soon after, and was he still revered? You know, I, I, someone I didn't, I didn't research. I should have researched whether it was, you know, was he the the black sheep, so to speak? And, you know, when, when you talk to Templars, they go, oh yeah, that Frederick Speed guy, 
he's you know he doesn't know anything and he's a contrarian to our beliefs or whatever is he is he the um the one that goes against all their ideas but webb kind of says the same thing and he was the one that created mostly created our english ritual so i uh, i don't know i hmm, that's a good question you know i was um i was uh it, it kind of you know put it right forward there when he referred to the scottish right with the very best of intention to style itself as the university of masonry. Yeah. Right. And when guys come into masonry that are seeking more knowledge, seek, you know, um, they, they think it's knowledge education that they're supposed to be receiving. Um, and of course they're not really getting it in the blue lodge because they're not examining the degrees. And, uh, I, you know, I, you know, I think in a sense, blue lodge may have done this damage to themselves, by not um, focusing on educating the membership about the lessons in the first three degrees um, more diligently or more, um, you know, uh, directly. Right? I'm going to call BS on that one simply because I don't think it's lack of teaching that get, because we've all seen it, especially nowadays is that the, Scottish Rite and York Rite Masons, as soon as the as soon as you're made a master mason, are handing you an affiliation paper, mm -hmm. or an application paper, and, and they're saying, "Come learn more here." Yeah, come. They're not. So they're not. Right. We're not even giving new master masons the attempt, the chance to learn these things. That's the problem. Yeah, not not the chance or the tools. Yeah, right. it's like like I agree that, that I agree that there should be more discussion in lodge. But the other problem is, is that these because these are out there and they're they're toting them as. You know, oh, you know, now you've done your three degrees. Now come learn the real secrets. You know, and it, it, yeah. it's that. I mean, that bothers me. And it's just another social club. It, well, okay, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, they are. I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, <laughs> it's are. interesting because I, I often tell um, seekers, you know, the stories of, of different times that I've learned uh, life lessons through the through the memory work or and I often referred to um, things that, you know, I, I, I was practicing to do a lecture and that piece at, at that time in my life, a piece of that lecture was really applicable to what I was dealing with personally. And, you know, so I learned that through um, that at that period of time. And of course, though, some of those lectures and pieces that I, I talk about, uh, are in the fourth and the seventh degree in Scottish Rite. Yeah. Um, and so that, I don't know. That, that but he also, me... Andrew Hammer also makes a point that all the information that is contained in the Scottish Rite is available to all of us. Like the original text and right. everything, if we just look for it, you don't have to join the Scottish Rite to find it. Right. But you got to look for it and find it in your, in the Blue Lodge. No, you just have to look for and find it. It's not, it doesn't have to be given. Mm. Like, the point, he makes the point that when I read that, that passage is that part of the job of us becoming Masons is to seek the information, not have it spoon fed to us all the time. And that's the problem with the appendant bodies is that they basically are spoon feeding more information to you that is not necessary. Wow. <laughs> I think they're lacking a spoon as well. 
Well, yeah, you might be lacking the spoon too, but you know what I mean? Is that, I you know, they're, they're giving you soup with a fork as far as I'm utensils. <laughs> you get a little you know. taste and then you go, well, and I mean, okay. So, and, and I'm going to, because I know that Stephen was a member and you have kids. What about the youth organizations? Oh, I thought we were mm. going to save that for the next show. No, oh, we can save it for the next show if we want. I'm just, I'm just throwing no, these because okay. we've, you know, we've kind of, we've kind of, I've, well, at least I have, I've kind of hammered down on the York and the Scottish rights, but he taught there's more than just that involved right. in, you know, distracting you from the symbolic lodge. Like the uh, associated in other bodies, like, well, the, 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 you know, the, the, did we just, did we ever land on concordant and appendant? Appendant is, well, he kind of vacillates on the description yeah. as well. Yeah. And I think, I think there isn't a clear, I think if you ask 10 Masons, you get 12 answers of what the difference right. between those two are. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, you know, the, those, e either of them are neither of them. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> right. you know, because not, not associative, maybe that's, or not, uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever word you use isn't going to work. <laughs> I, know, I guess concordant and independent because they're all sort of non-symbolic. I, I related it originally to concordant was, it is my definition. Concordant is carefully, which was words, the Masonic directed, right? So a Scottish right and York right concordant because you have to be a Mason to be part of it. Whereas like Eastern star, Amaranth, all those other ones that have maybe Masons involved, even the they're youth sort groups of, would be a pendant. Yeah. They're sort of a Mason adjacent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you know, and the youth organizations, well, I mean, they were just started by Masons. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't see them as being Masonic organizations. Uh, I, I never really have had that opinion that they were a Masonic organization. I knew it was started by a Mason, right, for good reasons or, or for, you know, for various reasons. But um, I've always found it interesting that though it's not a Masonic organization, it, it, a lot of things are very similar, but of course, being who started it, uh, makes sense as to why it, it's very similar, right? The structure. Uh, yeah, I hadn't thought about how he talks about we basically thrust the initiatic process onto these youth that have no concept of what that really means. Right. Now, are we, is he and are we assuming that the initiatic process for them is supposed to be the same as it is for us? And so... I think initiatic process for an adult is much more surreal. It should be a much more surreal experience versus a youth person is just, it's a, it's not so much initiatic as it is uh, just, you're just joining, right? You're just, it's a, I, I, I suppose the yeah. scouts and stuff don't have quite the, as dramatic of an initiatics process, right? No, they, 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 they stand no, up they and raise their hand maybe. And, right. No, it's you know, not. There's, there's memory work, but. Yeah, sure. I mean, have either of you seen the initiations for Demolay? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah I've, seen, right? I've seen them initiations for all of them. Yeah, okay. and and they're they're they they try to make them solemn, but again, as a as a youth, as a person, and and I think depending, just like lodges, depending on the body that's conducting that and is part of that, they can either be uh, interesting and thoughtful, and they can also be ruckus i mean it's just, they can they cannot be very um very meaningful but again mm -hmm. I, I hadn't thought about too much as a there there are times and I, and I think as a young person grows and develops themselves they begin to con to understand and then continue to understand some of the importance of what they're going through 
but I don't think they would have the same experience as they would as an adult. And so now that makes me think maybe that's why they, like I say, oh, Demolay and Rainbow and Joby's, it's the, the catalyst for masonry. It's the future of masonry. And now I'm thinking, well, maybe they're not only are they tired of it because of all the adults bickering and arguing and stuff, <laughs> but they've already been through this process and they think that's what the same, they're going to get the same thing in masonry or in their other organization, Eastern stars, whatever. And it's probably true. They're probably going to get the same lackluster information, a lackluster growth and development. Now, again, I think every organization's different. You can, some are better than others. And I think it's uh, the interest of the, of the youth or the interest of the person and the teacher, whoever that is in the case of the youth groups, hopefully it's adults teaching and then the youth teaching themselves and then teaching each other at some point, just like it should be in the Blue Lodge, right? You have a mentor and then you are the mentee and eventually you become the mentor, hopefully, and teach that or available to answer questions or to help guide somebody. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, you know, I, it's interesting you say it that way because I've often told the story of, of, of my, my opportunity to give back that, which I received as a, as a youth, right. By being a chapter dad, um, in, in the organization years later. Right. Uh, and <clears throat> I don't know that, that did have, uh, that just that it had such a heartfelt, uh, impact to me, um, that it's one of those big memorable moments in my life. Right. Uh, both, the first experience and the the follow up uh, uh, subsequent experience of being able to give back. So, and I think, you know, I think potentially, just like they've said in the book, that there's other organizations out there that are help to form the youth. I don't see it as a problem to have a masonically affiliated youth program, except for what Jared's point was. Oh, I can't do that on Thursday night because that's the Jovies, or can't do that on Friday but night because that's, that's the Demolay. Okay, but once again, what is the purpose of Freemasonry? To make go all us the way better, sure, improve ourselves. But I, I would say that there's. But we don't. I. I sorry. There's. I would say there's elements of that in it because we, like Steve just said, he's he. I'll bet he made he. There probably was elements of himself becoming better by teaching. Yeah. I know, but my question is that there already exist youth organizations to join. If, if that's a path you want to go to make you a better person, we don't need a Masonic affiliated one. There are other organizations already. But do they teach the same things or the things it, that we think it should doesn't be matter that they, whether they do or they don't, they teach. And, and actually, I would argue that probably most of them do. There's church youth groups, there's scouting, mm -hmm. they all teach and, a similar. And we don't, and, once again, we're not making. We don't, I don't think we're not, because the problem is, is what if, if we're creating a youth organization that teaches the same things that we teach, are we just making little masons mm -hmm. or well. are we trying to get improved? <laughs> like, so like, this is the thing is, and then, and then you start getting into the issue, as you said, David, of, well, once they've gone through everything in DMLA, then what's the point of joining Blue Lodge? It's just the same old, but with older guys. Like the art, what the, the, the lessons that we teach in Freemasonry and the symbolic lodge should, should be sacred to the symbolic lodge. And we shouldn't be trying to spread. We should be trying to be not spread those specific lessons out to everyone. You should have, it should be for people to, you should have to join the lodge to get them. But I, I 
don't think that we should not go out. Oh, wow, a lot of double negatives in that. Um, to like going out and providing sort of like to youth groups and stuff like that is good. I just don't think we should be trying to create youth groups that create little masons. True, and I and I don't believe that in, in starting Demolay that that was their purpose, or or even that it that it became a purpose of theirs, um, because it, it, I don't think that's the direction that I got from it. Um, it taught me to be a good person. It taught me to good to be um, you know mindful and considerate and. Um, when they're talking about, you know, the, the seven cardinal virtues of the DMLA, it's things to live by. Um, whereas in masonry, you know, we're here to improve ourselves in everything that's good, amiable, and useful, right? Um, whereas in DMLA, I was being taught skills that um, weren't being taught to me at home um, or anywhere else and their life skills. Um, so I think, you know, the youth organizations that were started by the Masons um, serve a great purpose, and I don't think that they're trying to make little Masons, um, nor do I think that it's the feeding ground or gateway into Masonry, because there's a lot of my DMLA brothers that didn't join Masonry um, after. And I mean, yep, there were several that did. Some stuck it through and, and are still Masons today, and, and some didn't. But I don't think that that um, was trying to duplicate itself, right? Um, so I, 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 I disagree with that statement. And I'd, I'd just like to point out that everything that you said the DMLA does for you, you get out of scouting. Maybe so, but I don't think there's anything wrong with masonry um, uh, starting or, or you know the the starting of DMLA. I know, but that's not our purpose. And, and I'm just I'm just saying that yeah. that's not the purpose of Freemasonry. I think true, it, true. I agree. It is not the purpose, and, that, and that, that's why it's a distraction. In that we've we've set out to men who had sons who wanted to, and I I actually disagree. I think that DMLA was started as a feeding ground for. To get them into to to get met boys into masonry, it wasn't actually no. The, the, history, the history of Demolay was that there were orphan boys hanging around in a lodge neighborhood, and there was a mason that happened to see them and befriended one of the youth, and or the youth befriended him, whatever, and he found out that he was mm -hmm. looking. He he needed some guidance, and he said he, he discovered that there was other friends, and mostly because they were um, orphans from the war and they realized that there was a lot of men that had passed away and didn't have, they didn't have dads. And so they kind of rallied up these boys and started, I think it was like 50 or 60. It was a huge yeah. first class of DMLA in Missouri out of, they all were orphans essentially, or most of them were orphans yeah, or had some lack of structure in their family life for sure. That was, so it is kind of a cool, basis it just happened to be a mason could it have been a lion or rotarian or some other organization sure, not in the 20s but yeah i mean because <laughs> uh, they, they didn't those didn't start until later lions club oh. didn't start until thir till 35 or 65 or something 35 i think it was um but it's it, so i don't think they were i don't think they were really designed to be little masons but and that was probably i don't know when scouting when did scouting start 
was guiding mm-hmm. you. I, I, I think some of these organizations were around because there weren't other organizations. That yeah, scouting now there are. Scouting started in the early nineteenth, early sorry, early twentieth century, late nineteenth. I can't remember. It's one of those things where it's. I know that the girl guides. The girl guides started in the nineteen ten. So scouting must have been around. Okay. Before that. Okay. I'm trying to remember Baden Powell. I'm trying to remember where, where Baden Powell fought in one of the wars, the Boer War. Hold on, I'll go to the <laughs> library and see. <clears throat> well, there, I've, I was there was a point that I was going to mention. I can't think of it's what founded it founded apparently in 190. Scouts scouting was apparently founded in 1907. Okay, so even before Demolay, then yeah, maybe it just hadn't been become big enough to become right. part of that I don't, know. I don't know or in a different part of the world yeah i don't know but, but um <clears throat> you know in the uh <clears throat> just to close off this chapter you know on the last page i'm just going to read it because it just it makes sense the result has been the unfortunate tendency to seek to make masonry in our own image. To an extent, it is human nature to attempt to mold things in this way. Again, it makes us comfortable and demystifies that which takes genuine effort to understand. Yet masonry is not just what anyone wants it to be. And therefore, the uh, end this chapter with a question that strikes at the heart of what every uh, what it means to become a Freemason, do we give into the tacit state of human nature in accepting what is familiar and comfortable, or do we challenge ourselves to find something more in ourselves and become that which was offered to us in the beginning, something better? If the answer is to be the latter, then it requires our singular focus dedication and commitment to the equally singular institution from whence all of this came that brings us to the pursuit of excellence within that institution. Right. So, so if we're supposed to challenge ourselves, if you go back up a couple of pages, he talks about the influence of Grand Lodge on some of the ideas. And one of the things that I had written down the first time I read it, this is a different color ink, was... <laughs> when he talks about if we're not supposed to bring politics and religion and other things into the lodge, and yet at least in the United States, I don't know if you do in Canada, we do Pledge of Allegiance. We have a, a flag ceremony. Technically in our code, it's op- it's optional. Do you post the flag? Uh, we have both meeting? flags in our, in our uh, meeting room, but we do not uh, pledge allegiance or do any of that. Interesting. I don't know exactly when that was added to our ritual. I believe it's relatively new, you know, probably less than 50 years. Um, but yeah, we have a, a flag ceremony to post the flag. And then generally the Pledge of Allegiance is done immediately following that. Mm. So yeah, it's, it was interesting that that, that wasn't right. supposed to be part of what we are as Masons, our, our country's origins or whatever. Right. Well, there is an argument to be made that it's part of being a good and peaceful citizen. And he he says that he does say that we're supposed to be those things, but, but those are outside the lodge. Interesting points he makes. Yeah. I I I I think you guys and your relationship to your flag is a bit odd. 
Well, it's just just pledging allegiance to the flag all the time. It's a Hmm? symbol, just like everything else. It's a symbol. Well, no, but it's just it's it's well, just the the amount of times that you pledge allegiance to your flag. It just it's it's almost like the flag's got an insecurity problem or something, you know. (laughs) Man, I'm gonna get really a lot of. I'm just gonna get burnt, aren't I? America, no, yeah, but yeah, America. you know, in that, no, but then in keeping the politic, like keeping things sort of, I don't want to say non secular, but you know, but you know, in all fairness, the United States is very patriotic. In Canada, we don't seem to be as patriotic, and I think that comes more from being made up of people from all over the place oh i'm I'm, I'm, this is a we're gonna have to have a discussion on this one later right well yeah you can't do it i totally disagree with that politics right i totally i totally disagree with that statement i think i think patriotism is individual yeah yeah but typically you guys do pledge allegiance to your flag like you get up every morning and brush your teeth right and and I, you know, after breakfast, after breakfast, after breakfast, right? (laughs) So, but I mean, it's admirable being patriotic and and whatnot is very admirable, admirable trade. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. But, but again, Um, he, he, he indicates that that should happen outside. Yes. We should be the, take those things we've learned and take them out of the lodge. And so, oh, that's what, that was, what was going to bring up. We may have to have another show because I was going to ask you. You had said that just about 10 minutes ago that w- there's lessons we only learn in lodge and shouldn't be taught anywhere else. And I thought, wait a minute, that's not true. We should be able to be taught these things and take these things outside of the lodge that we're taught. I mean, some things are secret, but I mean, isn't that, again, isn't that really what we're all about? We're supposed to learn these things and develop ourselves and take ourselves out of the lodge. And I, I, th- I think what them. I said was that there are lessons that were taught in the lodge that we're not supposed to teach outside of the lodge. Maybe they're supposed okay, to be but, done in the lodge, and that we're supposed to take the teaching that we've learned and apply it to outside of the lodge. There, the, the by, the, but I'm sure someone's going to rewind this episode and go back and go. <laughs> no, no, I think I think you're right. I think it was said that way, but I guess I understood it to mean that there's things that we can't take out of the lodge. Well, yeah. now I'm not sure exactly, but well, okay. What I meant was that um, there are lessons that were taught in in lodge that are exclusive to us being taught them in lodge and that if you want to be taught these lessons you need to come to lodge that we shouldn't be creating other organizations or taking these lessons outside to others it's that if you want them come to our lodge if that makes sense yeah 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 i I get it so i guess i was thinking that you, you we couldn't take the ideas that we were taught so much yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I i think uh yeah anyway this, this was this was a good chapter i think we, pro- we probably could ha- sit and have a whole another after lodge discussion about this probably yeah yeah and go on and on and on about and it on and on and on and on yeah. but but i think judge right yeah you want to learn those things come yeah. to our uh our lodge our blue lodge yeah and that we need to stop and we need to stop telling people that you know once you've gotten your third degree oh that there's more to know right is that no there is more to know but you don't have to leave the lodge to learn it and on that note, and on that note i guess like on behalf of david and steven myself and the absent matthew 
Thank you for joining us in the Working Tools podcast, and we look forward to seeing you next time when we continue our discussion. of chat. We're going to move on to Chapter 4 of Observing the Craft. Thank you. <laughs>